Hi, welcome to my CBT podcast. My name is Dr. Julie Osborne. I'm a doctor of psychology and a licensed clinical social worker specializing in cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm here to help you bring the power of CBT into your own life. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about a requested topic is for caregivers who are caring for people with cancer. Somebody thought I'd have some good insight with everything I went through last year and with my family helping me out. So I thought this could be really helpful because I know the focus is usually on the patient and not so much on the caregiver, which is just as important. So I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I wanted to share an email somebody shared with me. And as always, I really encourage you guys to send me emails, suggestions for topics, things that would be helpful for you. So the email reads, Dear Dr. Osborne, I collapsed into a very bad state two months ago. Anger and disappointment led to severe depression and generalized anxiety that had to go off of work for a month. I was really shocked at myself, so aggrieved with issues that are considered nothing compared to greater loss than many others are going through. I noted as me killing myself with my own anger and resentment, I ended up hurting myself more than anyone else has hurt me. I scrambled around trying to find counsel and found your voice on my CBT podcast. I've been playing your resentment and acceptance podcast over and over again. Even though what you said is so common sense wisdom, but I'm really stupid, continually going back into the anger and resentment state that holds me back, making me miserable. Thank you for doing the podcast. I know I will need to keep hearing common sense advice until I wise up. Best regards. So first of all, thank you again for sending this to me. And I want to address a couple of the things that the listener added in her emails. You know, first foremost, you know, calling yourself stupid is a hot thought because you're not stupid. You're very smart. You're working on yourself. You're using tools and wanting to get better. So right there shows a lot of courage and insight. And I just want to talk about how it's normal to, you know, go three steps forward, two steps back. It's very common as, you know, we're working on ourselves. It's, it's not going to be just straight line going forward, right? Because things happen during our day or we start to address an issue we might have not even known, you know, was going to trigger us. So there's lots of different reasons why, you know, we go backwards a little bit, but that is part of your recovery. And you want to remember that. And I know I have another podcast on comparing yourself to others. That's something you don't want to do either. You know, when she said that she was so aggrieved with issues that are considered nothing compared to the greater loss that many others are going through. You know, you will always find someone that is doing worse off than you and you'll always find someone doing better than you, but your issues are still your issues. So comparing yourself gets you nowhere because it doesn't take away your issues because you're realizing someone has it worse off than you. So it's good for us to be mindful of others and to be there for each other, especially those that are struggling even more, but you need to honor your issues so you can be healthy and happy. And that's what's most important as well. Everybody has their own issues to work on. So again, thank you for the email. I think a lot of people will find this helpful because I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way as they're working on themselves and they think that they're not doing enough or they should, you know, get it by now or things like that. So again, you know, keep sending me feedback and ideas and uh, sharing because it can all help all of us to hear each other and where we're at. So as many of you may know from hearing my podcast earlier this year, last year in August, um, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, really got the rug pulled out from under my feet. It happened very, very fast. Um, I had to have major surgery, three rounds of chemo, and uh, today I'm doing really well, thank God. But it was really tough, not just on me, but on my family and my loved ones, as you can imagine. And I know there's so many people, sadly enough, going through many different medical issues. 
Um, and especially with cancer, it's not just, you know, you have the surgery, then you have the chemo, you have the other treatment, you have the healing ahead of you. And it can be really hard and really difficult. So I wanted to share for those of you out there that are caregivers or wanting to even support caregivers, right? These are some things to think about that can be really helpful because sometimes we just really don't know what to do. And I think the first part that can be really difficult is just seeing the person you care for being sick, right? I know um, I interviewed my family members that took care of me and, you know, they were saying it was really hard to see me in that place because normally I'm a really strong person. I'm pretty busy. You know, I take care of things. I'm very focus oriented and I couldn't do anything, especially after my surgery. I mean, I was really helpless. I couldn't really do anything. It was difficult for me to walk because I had a pinched nerve for my surgery and just many, many, many issues. So first you have to kind of take that in and seeing the person you care about being sick and seeing what they're going through. And that's why it's really important for you as a caregiver to be able to have people you can talk to. Because it's not that this is something you're going to share with the person who's going through treatment. You know, saying you can share with them, it's difficult to see you like this, but you really want to have that conversation with someone else and give you support. Because the person going through treatment is going through so much as well. And you don't want them to take that in and feel bad that you're helping them, right? I mean, again, these are all these hot thoughts people are going to be having when they're going through treatment and also as a caregiver. So it's really important to have your own support group set up as well. Something else that was really interesting uh, that my daughter shared with me who helped me out a lot right after surgery was knowing your own boundaries and asking for help. There was something she was comfortable doing and some things my husband would do for me. So don't feel like you have to do all of it. Some things are really difficult, especially if it's your parent or someone you're close to. So that's where you can ask other people's close ones to step in that are comfortable and kind of, you know, share the responsibilities, but share, I'm comfortable with this, I'm not comfortable with that. And that's okay. You don't have to be comfortable with doing everything when you're caring for somebody who can't do much for themselves. Sometimes you might even hire people to come in, right, to do the showers and things like that. If that's something that you're not comfortable with, or you don't feel like you're going to do well, you know, it's, it's okay. It's not about you being Superman or Superwoman taking care of somebody who's sick because you have so many of your own feelings going on and concerns, right? You also want to ask for breaks, meaning, you know, I know I shared, I think in one of my podcasts, but when this all started before I had my first chemo, I remember talking to my husband and saying, you really need to take care of yourself. He really loves surfing, he loves working out. I said, you're going to have to find other people to help us out, which he did. So he could go to the gym or go down to the beach and for him to, you know, rejuvenate himself. Right. And for my daughter, that was they were the ones that were here the most at the beginning. So for them to be able to, you know, go take a run, take a bike ride, maybe meet up with a friend. So you have to ask for breaks. So you really have to have good communication with your support. I talked to some people that are the only you know caregiver for their partner or maybe their parent. And I always encourage them. You got to find if it's even hiring somebody, you have to find someone else. You can't do it all by yourself because you're going to end up getting sick as well. That's really important. So, you know, think about, you know, do if you're in this position, you know, who's going to be my circle? Who can I reach out to? You know, there are times that they have places they had to go to. And I had a couple of friends that would just come and sit with me because at the beginning I couldn't be left alone. So, you know, things they didn't have to do much, just kind of sit with me and talk with me. But just somebody was here. So when my husband and my daughter were gone, you know, they felt comfortable that they knew I wasn't alone. So you want to continue to do the things that give you joy and your interests. You know, don't make the sick person, you know, 
the only thing you do. Whatever you like to do, reading books, like I said, working out, taking walks, whatever your hobbies are, find some time for that so you can have some balance. You don't want to neglect the other parts of your life because you're still living. It's also important for you to be positive for the person that's sick, right? So this person that's sick, you know, like me, I had moments of just, you know, crying and being sad and being worried. You know, you don't know how you're going to recover, if you're going to heal okay. I didn't know how each chemotherapy would be. So you want to, you know, be positive and share your worries with other people that can hear them and just be there for you. You also really want to be patient. So um, I laugh now, <laughs> but I asked my husband if he agreed that something positive to share with you guys is do not take things personal. And he said, yes, I do. <laughs> so I had moments, I know, especially at the beginning, especially with my first chemo, which was very difficult, um, where I was just, you know, not the nicest person. And I might have been sure with him or, in, or I was impatient and he would just stand there and not say anything and just kind of breathe probably and just give me a moment to do what I needed to do. Remembering, you know, not personalizing it. This isn't really how I feel. And I'm just reacting off of my fear, my stress that I was going through. So that's really, really important not to take things personal from the sick person. You also want to have good self-care, whatever that means to you, which is, you know, getting enough sleep, make sure you're eating and doing the things that rejuvenate you, as I was saying earlier. But sleep and making sure you get some food in you is super important as well. One thing my daughter did was just kind of made some fun food treats when I was able to eat. You know, she would get creative and make different things. So it was just kind of a little fun. You know, we talk about this or that or she brings something home new. It was a nice little distraction. Also to understand that the person who's sick might be scared, right? And that's why they may be short with you. And again, not to take things personal, but, you know, the sick person might not, might not even be sharing all of their hot thoughts with you, right? Because they don't want to stress you out. And sometimes they may not want to even say it out loud because it's just so scary to think about. There's so much uncertainty when you're going through cancer and praying that, you know, it's not going to come back or they got it all or that the chemo is going to work or you're going to get through the chemo okay. Or how's your body going to react to it? I mean, there's just, you know, I know I'm not even thinking of everything, but there's a lot of fear. So if you can remember that, that the person most likely is feeling scared or uncertain and overwhelmed, you know, again, that's why not taking things personal is important, but being mindful of that and supporting them in that way. You know, it was very stressful. My husband saying, uh, sure that, you know, not knowing the outcome of the cancer, you know, my first with my pathology, they thought I was stage three or four. I ended up being stage one, thank goodness, you know, but just not knowing the outcome and just waiting. Right. And I know he didn't really share that much with me regarding his thoughts because he didn't want to stress me out. You know, it's like, I'm trying to be positive. He's trying to be positive. We're both scared. So, you know, not knowing is also as a caregiver, I know very scary as well and being aware of that. So sharing feelings with others, whoever your support system is, can go a long, long way. Just knowing I have people that I can talk to, you know, put out my fears and that they're just going to be there to support me and hold me up. Something else as a caregiver, other than being, you know, uncertain of the outcome, is feeling sadness and grief. 
just how much your life has changed and the uncertainty of how's that person going to be? Are we going to get back to, you know, quote, normalcy? But, you know, honoring that, I am feeling sad and I have grief because there's some loss right now that our life has just been turned upside down and we didn't see it coming at all. So that's important to recognize for yourself because the one that you love with their illness, you know, they're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated as they try to manage many difficult problems also. And so are you. So like I said, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And it's not just about the sick person. The more you can take care of yourself and have support and, you know, remember not taking things personal and try to have a little bit of fun sometimes. Those things are important to help you be able to manage what's going on with your life too, right? Because you're affected greatly as well. So I think writing in a journal can be a helpful tool, just getting your feelings out and your thoughts. Um, learning more about cancer, you know, if you're like, I don't know, I don't know, you know, be mindful not to do too much research. I'm always, you know, cautious with people about getting on the internet too much. And I didn't even get on the internet too much because I didn't want to freak myself out, but I learned what I needed to learn. I learned most of the stuff through my doctor, get the answers from him. And I talked to some other people that had already gone through it. But as the caregiver, maybe learning more about the type of cancer your loved one has, that might give you some more clarity so you don't have so many questions. And having so many questions feeds into your fear and your sadness. And, you know, maybe it'll help you feel a little more sense of control if you understand what's going on and what it looks like. And it is important to look for the positive things, right? Every time I had a chemo done, it was one done, right? And then I would rebound after about a week. And then another thing, you know, that you can do that can be helpful is, you know, plan to have some fun with the person that's sick. You know, it might be day to day based on how they're feeling, but still plan like, hey, you know, we would take, uh, after I saw my doctor, we were by the beach and we would ride down there and um, we would take, a you know, just a short walk, just get some fresh air before we came back home. Or sometimes we just took a ride in the car if I wasn't able to walk very well or not feeling that good, you know watching a fun movie together. So, you know, just plan for some fun things as well. So it's not all just the stress. And like I said, you're going to learn how the person you're caring for, what they can do, you know, what their limits are, what their limitations are, um, and kind of plan for that. So it's not always just like, oh, just rest, 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 rest. It's good for the person who's sick if they can, you know, to get out, even to sit outside if you have a nice backyard where you can sit and have a meal you know, just getting out of the house. So it's just these little things. I'm just, you know, ideas are coming to me as I'm talking to you right now, but you want to be flexible regarding what you can do with the person that's sick, but it's also nice to plan so that you have something to look forward to. You want to laugh together, you know, be careful, um, you know, what you're watching. You know, I, I joke about it now, cancer's everywhere. And I remember watching a movie that it looked very lighthearted and the main character ended up having the same cancer as me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get away from. So, you know, be mindful, uh, try to watch some things, read about them before you put them, put them on. But, you know, watching, you know, a little movie or a TV show that just makes you laugh and allows, you know, both of you guys to forget what's going on. You want to do what you can for yourself and you want to admit to yourself and be honest with yourself what you can't do. Right. And it's all good. Whatever you're doing is enough. You want to also use some stress management techniques. Learning how to do some relaxation breathing is always good. Just stretching your body is good. Maybe listening to music, relaxation, some guided meditation. So whatever things you can find for yourself that relieve your stress, you know, incorporate those into your time. 
when you have your breaks, or maybe if this person that you're taking care of is, you know, having a nap, whatever it is that, you know, again, brings you some stress relief. Don't always be like, I got to clean. I got to do the dishes. I got to cook. Like take some time also for yourself. It doesn't have to be hours. If it's just, you know, 20, 30 minutes, that's going to help kind of rejuvenate. Or when the person you're caring for is sleeping, you know, if you're tired, you should take a nap as well. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. So it's not always doing and taking care of things, but also doing and taking care of yourself is really important. Also, you know, take comfort from others. So don't feel like you're being a burden if you're calling someone saying, I just need to talk about what's going on, or I'm concerned, or I'm feeling overwhelmed. You know, people want to be there for you. I learned that for sure. People want to help, just like for yourself, right? That if someone is in need, you feel good helping, because a lot of times we feel so powerless or helpless, like I don't know what to do for the person that's sick. And I want to help. So, you know, don't have that double standard like, yeah, I want to help others, but others don't want to help me. That's not true. So reaching out and just saying, I need to talk or will you take a walk with me or, you know, whatever that looks like. Your friends and your family will be happy you reached out because it'll make them feel useful. <laughs> so take comfort in that. You know, caregivers can be spouses, partners, family members or close friends. So I'm talking to all of you, whoever you might be as a caregiver. And if you know a caregiver, you know, reach out to them and say, hey, I'm here. Can I bring a meal? Can I give you a break? Really push for the caregiver to take care of themselves as well. That's how you can be helpful to them if you're wondering what can I do to be there for them. You know, as a caregiver, you are a fundamental role in the patient's recovery. I know that I recovered as well as I did because of the support I got from my primary caregivers and from everybody else that was there for me that sent me cars, sent me texts, drop off gifts, brought over food, shared their stories, just checking in with me. You know, everyone was had a role in my recovery. It wasn't just what I did. It was everybody. And feeling that support from my caregivers and my friends made a huge difference. And I know that my family felt that way with the support they got, that even though the burden was mostly on them, it just was good to know they had others that were there. It was good when they took a break and they took care of themselves so that they were well. And they didn't eventually get sick after I recovered, because that can happen for you as well if you're a caregiver. If you're just going 100 miles an hour, once that person gets well, a few months later, a lot of times people get physical symptoms and they can get sick. So it's important that you take care of yourself. So hopefully you don't. Some of the physical problems you might have while you're caring for the person, as I mentioned before, is your sleep might get messed up. You might lose your appetite. You can obviously feel sadness, the grief, all the things I mentioned. So if you need to go find also a therapist, a professional to talk to, to help you through this and to give you some guidance and clarity and suggestions, you know, please go do that for yourself as well. That's another important thing. So I, I, I think the main message here is for you to not feel selfish asking for help because you're thinking, well, I'm not as bad as this, you know, look what my partner or my spouse or my mom or my friend's going through. Oh my God, you know, they got cancer. They have to go through chemo. They're recovering from surgery. Like, you know, yes, it's easy to say, you know, that's the main focus. But I really want to be here for my loved one. And I also have to make myself a priority, even if that feels a little uncomfortable. So where can I make time? What do I need so that I can be my best for the person that's sick 
because I do want to be that fundamental role in the recovery. And I want to make a difference and I want to feel good about what I'm doing, but also having that balance that filling myself up with the things that help me, then I can be there for the sick person fully. And, you know, have some grace and self-compassion that you're in this too and you're going through a lot. There's a lot of emotions to address. So you want to, using your CBT tools, you know, identify your hot thoughts that, you know, maybe I can't handle this. I'm not good enough. The hot thoughts of worrying if the person you're, you know, caring for is going to die. They're not going to recover well. Like those are all hot thoughts, right? Because it's all the what ifs. I don't, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. We just don't know. But what we can do is address those hot thoughts and challenge them so that it doesn't increase our stress and anxiety, which then makes everything harder and harder to be there for the person we care for. So I know some things might sound like, oh, that makes sense. That's common sense. But you know, when we're in the mode and we're worried and stressed and sad and tired, we don't think about those little things. We're just kind of in that doing mode, right? And we don't give ourselves permission to maybe take a nap or take a walk or making a nice meal for it or getting, you know, making a nice meal, going and getting your favorite meal, whatever that is. We don't think about, okay, what should I do for me? We're like, what else can I do for the person that's sick? What else do they need? Right. So what I'm saying is, yes, you're going to always be doing that, but also to give yourself permission to take care of yourself. So I know I'm focusing more on someone with cancer, but the things that I'm suggesting really are across the board. If you're a caregiver, period, whatever the situation might be, you know, you're obviously a loving, caring person that wants to be there for somebody else, which is a lot about who you are right? And all of your worries and concerns show how much you care and you love the person. So just have a little bit of a balance and even maybe, you know, share and communicate with the person that's sick. Like I'm going to have someone else come in and sit with you. I need to go do something for myself so I can be here for you. Right. Or, Hey, I'm going to go take a nap while you're watching this TV show so I can get a little bit of rest. So communicate. And I think, you know, most likely the person who's sick, hopefully will support that and be like, please go do that please go do that. So again, these are just some different ideas. If you guys have some other suggestions, ideas you want me to share, things maybe you've done as a caregiver that were really helpful that I missed, please share that. But oh, using your CBT tools, right? I use them every single day, especially when I was sick. I help my family remember to use them, address what their hot thoughts were, ways for them to take care of themselves. Use your tools. Your tools will get you through whatever you're dealing with. So I hope this was helpful. I'm sending you good energy and prayers and support for all of you that are going through health issues and for all of you caregivers that we couldn't make it without you. And you're going to be okay and you're going to get through this and definitely get the help and the support that you need. So remember all the tools I talk about, you can learn with the Mind Over Mood book. When you scroll through my podcast, you will see a picture of it. (laughs) You can click on there if you want to order it and that's where you can read through and learn the CBT tools and ask me any questions along the way. So I hope this was helpful for whoever's listening and to share with, uh, you know, definitely share if you know people that are caregivers that you think this would be a helpful podcast. If you have any questions you'd love me to answer, you can always email me at my CBT podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook under Dr. Julie Osborne. My website is mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. There's lots of great tools on there. There's some videos, there's some newsletters. So keep listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button to make sure you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for joining me. Stay safe. And remember, make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel.